and welcome to church. <laughs> so, we are made new in Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, it's a new day. We have new hope. And we're given new beginnings. Our scripture we've been using in this series is anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is what? New. Everything's new. In Christ, by God's grace, we are made new. And not only are we made new, but when Jesus Christ changes us, it gives us a new view of of you. I mean, have you ever been rejected in your life? I mean, it it feels awful, doesn't it? You, You feel left out. You feel overlooked or someone dismisses you or boxes you out, so to speak. And whether you were the last one picked on the ball team as a kid or the last one picked for a project, I mean, some of you, you might uh, remember the cafeteria days when there was the popular table and then the other tables, right? And you knew what table you were not supposed to sit at, right? And so a lot of times as you were heading to that table, there, there was a sense of isolation, You know, in in a sense of shame sometimes. Because rejection, I mean, it's something we've all experienced at some point or another, and you experience it at a very early age. Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but how many of you remember when you were in school and you would ask someone to go with you? All right, go on, show your hands. All right, so there's a few. I, I remember when I was in junior high, and so the way this worked was, you would write a note. And I remember writing a note and giving it to a girl to give to a girl. And it said, will you go with me? And then I got back the note and it said, yes. And so I was like, yeah, cool, cool. And then after lunch, I got another note and it said, I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) Now, looking back on it, I, I think it's kind of funny. Because we never talked, and we never went anywhere, but it was over, and, and I felt rejected, and I remember feeling like a real loser at that point. Now, the young people here are going, what? They're not even getting it, because, like, okay, passing notes, that was high tech in our day, all right? And so, today, technology's changed everything, hasn't it? You know, the, game, the game's different. You know, for instance, uh, you look online and your friends, they've got a social media presence. And you look at it and they have ten times the friends that you have. And so you think, what, what's wrong with me? You know, you uh, are enjoying yourself. Everything's going good. And then you look on Instagram or you see someone post something and you realize that all your friends are together and you're not there. And you feel left out, and you think, why didn't somebody tell me everybody was going to get pizza or whatever? And even, even texting is complicated, because there are all these uh, texting rules, so to speak, and they're not written, but they're implied. You know, for instance, if uh, someone texts you, and then they don't get back to you for several days, you know where you stand with them. And the closer your relationship with someone, the quicker the response is supposed to be, right? 
And then there are the bubbles. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The bubbles, you know what I'm talking about? So you're texting and you see the bubbles, which means that that person's going to respond. And, and therapists say that those bubbles are causing great anxiety in people today. Because people see the bubbles, they're expecting a response, and then if the bubbles go away and there's no response, well, that person, their, their anxiety is heightened, we're told. And there's this feeling of, of rejection. You know, and as we get older, I think rejection runs deeper, doesn't it? You know, you apply for a job or a promotion or maybe to a school or something, and you're like, I got this. You know, I killed it at the interview. I've got the skills. I've got the talent. And then you get the letter of rejection or the call. You don't get the promotion. You don't get into the school. And it stings and it hurts. You know, all your friends, they got a significant other, but you don't. I mean, that comes with its own pain, doesn't it? You're married, and one day you come home and your spouse says, I'm done, it's over, I'm through. You know, or you think everything's going great, and then you find out your spouse is having an affair. You know, and the pain and the hurt, it's overwhelming, and you feel betrayed, you feel rejected, and the bottom line, it's awful. It's an awful place to be. You know, some of you know your kids, they don't call, they don't come around, your adult children They don't even check up on you. And there's pain. And those emotions, I mean, to be honest, I think there's probably no emotion that brings as much pain as rejection. Now today we're going to look at a great story. I've always loved this story. It's about a guy that deserves to be rejected. But when Jesus encounters this guy, he doesn't give him what he deserves No, because of God's grace, Jesus gives him something very different. And this story is about being made new. It starts out, Luke records the story. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So we know a couple things about Zacchaeus from that. He's a chief tax collector and he's wealthy. And last week, uh, Pastor David talked about uh, another tax collector by the name of Matthew. Well, Matthew and Zacchaeus are both tax collectors. They're both hated. They're, they're, they're hated by the Jewish people because they're considered to be dishonest and they're considered to be traitors. You know, the Roman government, uh, they would collect taxes. And so the, they would set an amount that was to be paid. And the tax collector would increase the amount. And so whatever margin of profit they could create, it was theirs to kind of put in their pocket and keep. And so tax collecting, very corrupt business in that day. You know, let's say, for instance, a widow. A widow owed $100. Well, what would happen is the tax guy would show up at the widow's house and he'd go, I'm here to collect taxes you owe me $150. Now, there was no way to dispute it. There were no uh, tax tables back then. They didn't have 1040s to kind of calculate the amount that was due. She just had to pay the $150. And what the tax collector would do is go and give $100 to Rome and then pocket the other 50. So, So it was a hated profession. 
Zacchaeus, we know, was Jewish, so he was considered a traitor, just like Matthew was. And he was a traitor to the people of Israel. You know, they, they, had, they were committing treason because Israel had been conquered by the Romans. And so the Romans oppressed the Jewish people. And so they were considered, he was considered a traitor. Not only is he a tax collector, but he's a chief tax collector, which means that he got a cut from the tax collectors that worked for him. So the bottom line is he is vehemently hated. He is despised by the people. Because of his profession, he couldn't go to worship. He wasn't allowed to go to the temple. And so if he even got near the temple, it would create a disturbance. People would get riled up about it. And so he's hated. People are watching him all the time. And what's interesting is, even though they hated him, a lot of people envied him because he had everything, so to speak. He had the house on the hill. He's driving the Bugatti. He's, he's wearing Gucci and Prada, and he's all decked out. And so any particular situation, I can almost guarantee you that, that Zacchaeus did not have very many friends because the Jewish people despised him, and the Romans didn't accept him because he was Jewish. He was just a tool for them to collect taxes. And so I, I can almost imagine him dealing with rejection in his life. It probably created a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And so he, there's something that happens when you end in that, that kind of place in your life. I mean, it's a lonely place, isn't it? Zacchaeus looks like he's got it all. But the reality is he's in this really horrible place. And I, I've learned something through the years that a lot of times when people look like they've got it made, it's just an appearance. Fact is, what's going on inside isn't necessarily sinking up. You know, people will go, wow, wow, they look like they got it all. But in reality, if you get inside, you, you find there, there's a brokenness. You know, maybe the finances are actually in a shambles. Or someone will go, wow, their marriage, their marriage is awesome. It looks perfect. But the reality is it's falling apart. Oh, their family, their family, that looks like the ultimate. And the reality, it's a mess. And they're barely holding on. You ever notice uh, the posts, social media posts? And you look and you go, wow, it must be paradise. They've got paradise going on. Well, you dig under it many times, you find it's a sham. The fact is, if you were to talk to them, you'd find out they don't even like themselves. They don't like where they're at. Meet people all the time. You know, spiritually, look like they got it all together. But the reality is they're spinning out and sin's got a hold on them. The world may think everything's great, but inside, you feel awful, broken, lonely. And, and the pain and the hurt, what happens is it, it isolates you in life. And so there's a pretty good chance that Zacchaeus is, is isolated, and he's hurting, and he's lonely. 
And so he, he's looking at his life and he's thinking, this, this doesn't cut it anymore. He wanted something more. And he heard about a person named Jesus. And he's curious about Jesus. The scripture says this, he, he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. He can't see over the crowd. Most scholars believe that Zacchaeus was extraordinary short. In other words, I'll be politically correct today. He was vertically challenged, all right? He's not going to play in the NBA. In that day, they were not politically correct. And so I'm going to guess that he was made fun of. He may have been excluded. In fact, I'm going to guess he was shunned by his classmates growing up. And now he's in a position of power. And he's still being shunned. And now on top of it, he's hated by the people. And I'm guessing people were cruel. And they they were making cruel comments to him. And friends, when you are rejected by people over and over again, that pain builds up. And you really have a couple choices at that point. You either try and do things to try and gain people's approval, which that doesn't work, or you do what Zacchaeus does and you run to Jesus Christ. No, Scripture says this, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. What did, what did Zacchaeus do? He ran and he climbed. There's two verbs there. He ran ahead and he climbed a, a tree. And although that may not seem very significant, if you know anything about culture in that day, there is no self-respecting Jewish man that would ever run in public. And they definitely wouldn't climb a tree. I mean, it was considered undignified to run in public. And so running was just like out of the question. You just don't run. And you don't climb a tree. In fact, the only people that climbed trees was servants or, or slaves. And it was during the harvest when they were picking, picking fruit. Zacchaeus... He's running, and he's climbing. He's doing this stuff that's way out of, out of bounds. He, he kind of throws protocol to, to the side, and he decides he's going to do what's undignified. He's going to do what is humiliating. And so he runs, and he climbs. Why? Why did he do it? He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see the possibilities that were there. And I imagine that Zacchaeus had heard about Matthew. Another tax collector. Another guy that that was banned from worship like he was. Another person that couldn't go in the temple. Another guy that, that had been rejected by everyone and he had heard that Jesus had asked him to follow him. And I've got to think, his heart was beating pretty hard at that point. It's possible Jesus offers something different. And so in desperateness, he's willing to do whatever it takes. 
He's willing to climb a tree. He's willing to run. He's willing to do whatever he can to just get a glimpse. Just, just see Jesus. Friends, I will tell you, when your need gets great enough in life, you will forget about protocol. You will not worry about what other people think in your life. You know, I think about the the woman in Scripture that had the issue of blood. for She suffered for 12 years. And so Jesus is passing by one day. And although it violated everything that was socially acceptable in that day, she reaches out and touches him. I mean, you weren't supposed to touch a rabbi. But Jesus is walking by and she reaches out and she grabs his garment. She stretches her hand through the crowd just just to get a touch of Jesus. You know, I think about the, the four friends that bring their paraplegic friend because they believe Jesus can heal him. And the crowd's so big that day, they can't even get near Jesus. And Jesus is in a house and they can't get in the house. And so these guys, they get really clever and they get up on top of the roof and they dig through the roof and they lower their friend to Jesus. They, they do whatever they got to do to get their friends there. Friends, you do whatever it takes to reach him when you have a need. And I don't know where you are today. But what I want to say to some of you is do what you need to do to get there. To just reach him. You know, sometimes you, you got to dig through something. Sometimes you got to stretch out and reach out and grab hold. Sometimes you got to run with every bit of energy that you can muster in your life. Sometimes you got to climb something, but you do whatever you got to do to get to Jesus in your life. And in fact, I believe that's why some of you are here today. Because you need Jesus. You need his help. You're, you're hurting. Some of you are struggling with stuff. Some of you need guidance or healing or hope. And maybe you can't see Jesus where you're at, friends, because there's some obstacle in your way. And I want to challenge you. You've got to climb over whatever you've got to climb over. You know, you've got to dig through whatever that obstacle is. You've got to push stuff aside and stretch and reach past that insecurity in you and just run and climb so that you can see what Jesus can do. You've got to pursue him, friends. When you pursue Jesus Christ, you get a brand new view of life. You get a brand new view of you. You know, I was thinking back, it was about 45 years ago, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I can close my eyes and remember it like it was yesterday. And I, I remember being at camp, and we just heard a speaker speak about the love of God. We were heading to the rec hall to, to just play games and goof off. And friends, I, I was blown away at what I heard because I, I realized for the first time that God loved me just, just where I was. And th- so my heart's kind of broke, and I'm trying to work through all this. And so it's, it's dark outside, and this whole group of us are heading to, to the rec hall. And so I start dropping back, you know, going to do the cool thing, just drop back. Thought maybe nobody would notice. My bud, buddies are like, hey, D, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I got to go do something. I'll, I'll catch up with you guys. And so they kept going. And when they got enough distance, 
I just bolted. I just bolted, ran as fast as I could. I finally, I found a picnic table that was overlooking the lake. And I just started talking to God. And I'm talking out loud to God. You know, I'm thinking and I'm praying. And I'm, I'm like, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what you want to do with my life. But I know that I want to get things right with you. And if you'll just tell me what I should do. And it was about then that I, I just heard this voice. Can I help you with something, Damon? It wasn't God, all right? <laughs> it, it was the dean of the camp. <laughs> it was the dean of the camp, and he had come out there. He wasn't looking for me. They hadn't even figured out I had uh, disappeared. But he had come out there to be alone. See, I, I believe God arranged that moment. And so he talked to me, and he kind of helped me through the process. And it was right there. I just said, I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Friends, the good news in life is when you seek God, you will find God. When you pursue him, he will reveal himself to you somewhere along the way. And for some of you, that's why you're here. You need God. And God says, I'm going to show you who I am. And, and this is best advice, and I, and I give it all the time. You do whatever you got to do. You reach, you dig, you run, you climb, you search. Don't worry what everybody thinks. Don't worry what the world's saying and your friends are saying. You just pursue. And that's what Zacchaeus does. He, he runs and he climbs a tree, and God reveals himself to him. You know, can you picture it? Zacchaeus, he's perched up in the tree. There's a crowd all around him. It says when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, and don't miss this, he says, Zacchaeus. He says his name, Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I'm going to stay at your house today. I think the crowd was shocked. He just called him by name. How did he know who it was? Well, friends, Jesus Christ knows you. He knows. He's the great shepherd. He knows the sheep. He knows what your needs are. He knows what's going on in your life. And he calls your name because he's trying to draw you toward him. He calls Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down out of there. I think Zacchaeus hadn't heard his name in a long time. Oh, he got called stuff all the time, but not his name. Not his name. In fact, it probably wasn't very nice what he was called. Jesus says, Zacchaeus. You know what Zacchaeus means? Righteous one. Jesus calls him something he is not. Jesus says, righteous one, come down out of there. Come on, I I'm going to go to your house. You know, Zacchaeus, now, get down out of there. 
And so he scurries down out of the tree. It is a new day. It's a new opportunity. It's a new view in life. And I imagine everybody in the crowd that day, they're they're watching what's going on. I mean, they'd heard about Jesus. They gathered to see Jesus. They'd heard Jesus healed people. And he'd raised people from the dead. And they had heard about his great teaching. And they're thinking, maybe, 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 just maybe, this is the Messiah, the promised Savior. And so they're gathered there in this massive crowd. Think about it, massive crowd. And Jesus goes to the most hated man in the crowd and says, I want to stay at your house. I want to have dinner at your house. Maybe we could sit around the fire and talk. I want you to think about if you were in that crowd that day. You're watching this unfold. You'd been thinking, this is messed up. This is messed up. This doesn't make sense. Jesus, do you know who this guy is? Do you, do you not understand who you're talking to? I mean, this guy, you would not stay at his house if you knew about his life. This guy's pathetic. He's ridiculous. Now, I'm good. I got it together. Come to my house. That'd be cool. I'm not ripping people off. I go to the temple every week. He can't even go. I serve. I do all these good things. Jesus, if you knew, if you just knew. Well, friends, Jesus knew who he was talking to. He knew what the crowd was thinking. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus needed grace. And I believe Jesus was on a mission that day. I mean, he ignores what the crowd's thinking. And he goes straight for the wildest guy in the crowd, the most despicable guy. Why is that? Because that's who he came for. See, Scripture says over and over, Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came to save sinners. He didn't come for those that think they got it all together. He came for people that are a little bit lost in life. He didn't come for the healthy. He comes for the sick. Jesus goes for the most unhealthy, the most unrighteous, the the sinner in the whole community that everybody goes, that's him. And Jesus goes straight for him. And so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to what? Mutter, 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 mutter. He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. People can't believe what's happening. Friends, it's shocking. It's scandalous. Zacchaeus deserves to be rejected completely. He's earned it. I mean, he's kind of like a mafia boss. He is cheated. He is stolen. He is feared. He is hated. He's committed treason but Jesus doesn't give him what he deserved no Jesus gives him something very different and in the time that it takes Zacchaeus to climb down Jesus changed his life now I want to ask you how long did it take him to climb down five seconds One second if he fell out of the tree. (laughs) 
you know, 10 seconds if he's a really slow climber. But in 10 seconds or less, Zacchaeus is made new. Friends, hear this. I don't care how bad you think you are. I don't care what you think you've done. I don't care how far you think you are away from God. In a matter of seconds, you can be forgiven. You can be transformed. You can be made new when you're in the presence of Jesus Christ. You can experience the power of God in a matter of seconds. Zacchaeus, he he is reminded when Jesus says Zacchaeus, righteous one. He's reminded who he was created to be, who he was called to be. And he is transformed by, by that grace of God. And he's made brand new, brand new. And I love this story because it doesn't just stop there. I mean, there's a party gonna break out here. Because all of a sudden, Zacchaeus has this new view of life. And he knew what he needed to do. And he makes this big, bold announcement. And I mean, it was huge. It says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, well, he had. (laughs) He says, I'll pay them back four times the amount. From the tree to the ground, he's made new. Now think about it. This man that loved money, this man that had taken advantage of so many people through the years, this man that had cheated people, boom, he's made new. And then all of a sudden, his view changes in life. He starts thinking crazy things and saying crazy things. All of a sudden, this guy, he's generous. You know, he's done wrong, and he says, I'm going to make up for it. And don't miss this, because it's it's easy, easy to miss this. Zacchaeus did not do this to get Jesus' approval. He already had Jesus' approval. He did it because of what Jesus had done. I mean, he's made new. Friends, we do not do things as Christians to win approval. We do it because we've been approved and we've been loved where we're at. I mean, we do not deserve God's grace. And yet Jesus offers it to us on a daily basis. And friends, I will tell you, the only reasonable, the only reasonable response to that kind of love is complete and full surrender. God, I give you my life. I give you everything. It's yours. And that's what Zacchaeus does. Now, think about this. He does more than what the Jewish law required him to do. You know, the Jewish law said give 20% to the poor. Yeah, it makes 10% seem kind of small, doesn't it? But he says, I'm going to do that. No. He says, I'm going to do 50%. And, and so, again, he's got this new view of life. You know, and, and then the law said that if you had stole from somebody, 
that what you would do was give them back what you had stolen and then 20%. Well, that'd be 120%. But he doesn't do that. He says, no, I'm going to give 400% back. See, the law is not what motivated him anymore. It was a thing called love. See, he's motivated by love. And it is an extravagant response to an extravagant love that he had experienced through God and through Jesus Christ. He's made new. And friends, I will tell you, in the distance from that tree to the ground, he was made new. One, two, three, four, five, boom. He's new. He's transformed. He's changed. And it's a new view. A new view. And friends, your life can be changed that quick. Boom. Made new. And when it changes, you see things different. And you see it in people's lives. I mean, they start doing strange things. Start giving things away. They start. They, they forgive people that shouldn't be forgiven. They they start serving and loving people that are rather, rather unlovable, to be honest. And people start using their resources to expand the kingdom and to help other people, and they just they see things so different. And some of you just need to let Jesus Christ make you new. Friends, it it will change everything in you. You know, some of that stuff you're battling and fighting, it it will change. It will change your view of absolutely everything when you encounter Jesus Christ. Friends, when when I realized that God loved me, and then I really came to terms with, I do not deserve this. In the moment as I sat at that picnic table, And the time that it took me to say, I'm yours. The moment I heard God call my name. That's made new, like that. And I've been running and pursuing ever since. In fact, I know right now, some of you, God's calling your name. And you hear it, you know it. And I want to challenge you because in a moment, everything can be new in your life. Some of you need a new start. Some of you have known it for a long, long time. And friends, you you got to do what Zacchaeus did. You just got to come down out of the tree. Now, I love Jesus says to him. See, Jesus already knew what had happened says, today, salvation's come to this house. Now he's talking to the crowd because this man, he's a son of Abraham. He's reminding him. He's, he's one of your brothers, one of your sisters. And then he, t- he says, for the son of man, he's talking about himself. He says, I came to seek and save the lost. And that's what's happening here. What, what if Zacchaeus had not ran that day, had not climbed the tree so he could see Jesus? What, what if he had just stayed up in the tree? He didn't come down when Jesus said, get down here. 
Well, friends, one, he'd be still up in the tree. <laughs> and there had been no change. And nothing would have been new. Nothing would have been new. And some of you have been hanging out in that tree too long. And I want to challenge you this morning to just hear God calling your voice. And just take a stand and say, I'm yours. Count for me. All right? One, two, How long did it take me to stand up? Five. I'm a quick stander. Wasn't, wasn't all that hard, actually. Changed. Old. New. We're all going to close our eyes. I don't, I don't do this often. But some of you just need to stand up where you're at. You know, Jesus Christ is calling your name. Some of you have been putting it off a long time. And you just need to stand. I'm going to pray for you and I'll let you sit back down before we open our eyes. But God, I just pray your Holy Spirit would just... Make us push aside whatever people are going to think. God, that we would uh, realize today is a new day. God, that uh, you just take all that junk that we just load up on ourselves. That loneliness, the fear frustration, whatever it is, Lord. That you just see these brothers and sisters. And that they'd be made new. God, I also know there are some here today that um, they just got needs in their life. Maybe they need healing or they need a miracle or whatever it is, but Lord, you just uh, nudge some people right now that they'd stand, that they would just say, new day. I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to find that job. I'm going to get out of debt or whatever it is that you would uh, make today a new day for them. God, we thank you for new beginnings. We thank you for new opportunities. We thank you. You have created fearfully and wonderfully. God, we thank you that you do know our names. You do know who we are, what's going on. God, I pray that your power would just be displayed in these individuals' lives. God, we just give you praise. We give you honor with all we say and do this day. Let's all stand now. God's people said, amen. All right, we're going to celebrate here.